Welcome to My Runner's Mind, where we run with gratitude towards a life of happiness and gratefulness. I'm your host, Stina Turgeon, and I believe that as runners, we're uniquely positioned to choose gratitude over negativity. Running itself is so badass, and each run offers multiple opportunities to turn a potentially negative thought or feeling into a positive one. Tune in as I'll share behind the scenes of what goes into my 12-week program, My Runner's Mind, which is mindset and spiritual coaching for women runners who know that they're ready to shift away from the shoulds and ought tos in their running routine and replace them with want and desire to live a happier and more balanced life. Are you ready? Let's go! Hi friends, runners. Maybe you're dreaming about becoming a runner. Maybe you ask yourself if you're really a runner. Either way, welcome to episode 82. So during Christmas break, my home state of Wyoming made the international news by breaking its own record for coldest temperature in almost 40 years. Negative 42 Fahrenheit. Fun fact, that week I learned that negative 40 degrees is where the Fahrenheit and the Celsius scales coincide. Anyways, negative 42 degrees was recorded that week in Wyoming, making it one degree colder than the negative 41 that was recorded back in the 80s. So wherever you live, you've probably experienced a colder winter this year than normal as well. So I'm curious, how do you feel about winter running? Do you enjoy it? I mean, running outside? Or do you tend to jump on the treadmill instead in the winter? Do you dislike it? Personally, as you might have guessed, I really enjoy it. To me, it's super invigorating having, having the confidence in my abilities and knowing what my body can do for me. So if it's a run day and the thermometer shows negative 40, I still run. Really, I do. And that's what I did that day. And I want to talk about the experience as well as some of the myths or cautions surrounding really cold weather running. Before I get further into the episode, I want to make sure you know that I'm not saying you should run in cold weather. It's completely your call and you make your own decision. In my book, you're just as badass of a runner if you heed your limitations and opt for running inside. All right then. So I'd seen the forecast for the week and knew one of the days was supposed to be like an Arctic blast, actually pretty much the entire week. From a mindset perspective, I think seeing the numbers and the weather app can paralyze her sometimes. Wait, what? Can I run when it's that cold kind of thing? Insert your own temperature. So a couple of disclaimers. I live in Wyoming and life in Wyoming does not stop when it drops into freezing cold. If it did, the state would be in hibernation mode for months out of the year. So that also means that my body and my mind are acclimated. My runs that week were at the following temperatures. Negative nine Fahrenheit 
Tuesday, which equates negative 22 Celsius. Negative 23 Fahrenheit Wednesday, which equates negative 30 Celsius. And negative 40 Fahrenheit Thursday, which equates negative 40 Celsius. All right, so first, let me tell you or talk to you about layers. Each day, I added an extra layer. For all three days, I had a 250-gram merino wool thermal top on. It's one of my favorite tops. I can't even remember the brand name, but look for 250-gram. They come in different weights based on the thickness. I think 100 grams is the lightest, and then there's 250 gram and maybe 400 grams. So at negative nine degrees, negative nine Fahrenheit, I had a vest and a light puffer jacket over my thermal top. I had fleece-lined leggings and I had neoprene snow pants on. Now at negative 23, the next day, I upgraded my vest and puffer jacket to a more heavy duty snow jacket and still my wool thermal top, of course. Same bottoms as the previous day. I've learned that my cutoff for wearing snow pants, neoprene snow pants, is right around the teens in Fahrenheit. So right when it hits probably negative, I don't know, 18 Celsius maybe. Okay, so for negative 40 degrees, in addition to what I wore the day before, I added the vest under the snow jacket. So it became triple layers. And then I switched my neoprene snow pants for actual down snow pants, which felt, it felt a little more restrictive just because there, there's more bulk to them. But it definitely kept my legs warm, warmer for that day. They had a good insulation factor, I guess, between my, my legs and the liner of the pant. Now for all three days, I wore a fleece-lined turtle fur neck gaiter and quilted mittens that have like 200 grams of Polartec Powerfill insulation. I just looked that up real quick, but I think that makes a difference. They, they're super insulating. I also wore a ponytail hat, not that I have a ponytail anymore, <laughs> but a hat that covers my ears and woolen no-show socks and my regular running shoes. I do not use yak tracks or studs or anything in my shoes. I haven't had to at all. So next, what did it feel like? Well, I remember noticing from that morning that it felt cold on what little exposed skin I had. And I really did not have very much because what I'd done with my neck gaiter, which is fairly long, which I really like, is that I had obviously pulled it up all the way above my nose and then I had pulled it up above my ears before I put my hat on and then I put my hat over that so that it kind of stays put that way. I found also that when I run in the morning with a headlamp that the strap around my head keeps my neck gaiter from slipping down, but so when I run in daylight and I don't need my headlamp, I like to tuck the neck gaiter under my hat and that way kind of keep it, keep it cinched around my head, I guess. So 
like I said, I noticed it felt cold on my little exposed skin I had. It felt really cold and that it intensified when I wasn't moving. So pretty much I just kept moving. I'm not going to pretend that it wasn't cold and that I was all toasty warm. I definitely had to move to stay warm. And what I also had to do, what worked really well, was inside my mitten, I would curl my fingers up into a fist without, not, not a tight fist, just a really loose fist. And what that did was it helped keep my, my fingers warm, the tip of my fingers, which otherwise my notice got cold, even inside the mittens. Now, what did it sound like? Because this is an interesting fact, and I don't know if you've noticed it for yourself. As I was moving on the snow, I noticed that the snow squeaked. Kind of loud, really. I don't know if you can imagine snow squeaking. Now, according to Google, because I had to look that up, of course, it has to do with ice crystals rubbing against each other at negative 14 or colder. This is straight from Google. I had no idea. Evidently, when it's warmer than negative 14, the ice crystals don't rub. Your foot, the pressure from your foot, evidently melts the snow more. But not so once it gets colder than negative 14. And that's what makes the squeaking sound as you walk in the snow. Interesting, right? <laughs> All right. Now, what did it look like? Well, it just look really pristine. I live super, super rurally. So it's not like I'm in town. I mean, I am in a town, but a very small town. I'm not in a city. I'm not surrounded by tons of vehicles or tons of people or anything. So I can get out in the countryside, literally three minute walk from my front door. And it was just pristine. It was quiet aside from the squeaking of the snow. We're very fortunate here in Wyoming that we pretty much have a blue sky, probably two thirds or three fourths out of the year. And so it was a blue sky. The sun was out and it was just this, yeah, very crisp, pristine experience. But I will, I will tell you, as you get going, your sight gets a little obscured, obstructed, it's maybe a better word, due to the lash sickles. That's a runner's term, right? Lash sickles, which is clumps of snow or ice on your eyelashes, as well as in your eyebrows. And so, as you can imagine, since a gator sits above your nose, and I had a hat on with a brim, with and actually also notice that a little bit of snow collected inside the brim of my hat. So all that was building up around my eyes and kind of made it a little more difficult to see, but interesting anyways. So also another fact was that all of my runs that week were easy, easy runs, right? No speed work or high intensity training, really just very slow running, just trotting along slowly. And as you might imagine also after the run or after those three runs, a hot shower just felt amazing. And I will also say mindset wise, it just felt super satisfying knowing I'd been out there conquering the elements. 
And for anybody who might be wondering and know that I typically run with my dogs, I left them at home on the coldest run that week. Although they were pretty disappointed with me. Okay, so here's the meat of the episode, really. Now I've kind of explained to you what it felt like running, right? And I think, anyways, if anybody's wondering how long I stayed out, I think my runs that week, my run during the negative 40 was a three or three and a half mile run. So I stayed out less than an hour that day. On the other two days, I think I ran between four and five miles. Okay, you might be wondering, can you freeze your lungs? Is it even healthy to run when it's so cold? And as I shared my runs from the week of freezing runs on social media, I got a lot of different responses from people, from other runners. Everybody was very kind though, but some were worried for me and some thought I was downright nuts, which it doesn't bother me, of course. But I did have people caution me of frostbit and frozen lungs. And so I did some research on that. Granted, it was after the runs had happened, but Again, this was not the first year I've been out walking or running at freezing temperatures, right? So for me, it's just like, well, I'll, I guess I'll just go outside and see what happens, really. And also, another important fact I think I should interject real quick is that I stayed close to home. As I mentioned, I really started my run just a few minutes from my front door. It wasn't like I was driving out, getting dropped off far away from anybody, and obviously, also, my whole family knew where I was. And actually, on the, on the one day, my brother, who was here for Christmas, went out with me. So in that regards, I played it safe. I wasn't far away from home. And, and I had my phone with me, and everybody knew when to kind of expect me back. So I would definitely say to anybody doing this, obviously, make sure that you let people know where you're going. And don't make it the day that you... You hike into backcountry on your own, would just be my suggestion. So anyways, let's talk research. I'll share research from the following sources that I found and that I felt were credible sources. Runner's World, of course, <laughs> and American Lung Association. And lastly, Canadian Academy of Sport and Exercise Medicine. Now, all three sources said, and this was unanimous, that frostbitten lungs are not a thing. Well, phew, nice. I was glad to read that. <laughs> but let's delve into it a little more, okay? According to American Lung Association, runners may need to worry about frostbite more than frostbitten lungs. They're not in danger of frostbitten lungs is what it says. Even in the most extreme temperatures, the air we breathe reaches body temperature by the time it gets to our lungs. Similarly, the Canadian Academy of Sports and Exercise Medicine says that there are many myths about the dangers of cold weather running, including the risk of freezing your lungs. Research has shown that people can train in temperatures in excess of minus 50 degrees Celsius without damaging their lungs. Our bodies are designed to function very well in cold weather and regardless of the temperature we have 
we have mechanism in place that ensure the air we breathe in is at body temperature and 100% humidified when it reaches our lungs. Also good to know, right? So, runner's world says something very similar. The lung is an amazing organ. The respiratory tree is set up to warm and humidify air. The heat exchange that occurs with inspiration and expiration brings the inhaled air to body temperature by the time it hits the more sensitive tissues in the lungs. So you don't need to worry about freezing your lungs when you shoot for a run on the coldest day of the year. But you should worry about frostbite of your nose, cheeks, when you're running in extreme cold, especially if it's windy. So also that what all sources said was the importance of wearing something over your face. And as you can imagine, having that face mask over your nose and your mouth will actually help humidify the air that you inhale then. Now, what I also learned from this research was that cold air may irritate your airways and cause bronchospasm. What this may feel like is a burning sensation in your airways, shortness of breath, chest tightness, and cough. As air gets colder, it tends to get drier, and so the body needs to work hard to not only heat, but also to humidify the air you inhale. And what the research explained was that inhaled air is humidified by water donated from the cells that line your airways. When these cells get dehydrated, they become irritated and you may experience bronchospasms then. And some people are actually much more susceptible to this happening than others. So again, that's a personal thing. You'll have to recognize if that happens to be you. Now the Canadian Academy of Sport and Exercise Medicine suggests the following strategies to reduce your risk of irritating your airways. One, your nose heats and humidifies inhaled air better than your mouth. So try breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. Two, wear a scarf, a balaclava, or a ski mask over your nose and mouth. And this helps trap heat and humidi humidity when you exhale. Three, ensure you're well hydrated for your workouts, even on the coldest day. It's gonna seem like you're not thirsty really, but your body is working harder actually. Four, schedule your runs for the warmest time of the day. And that makes a big difference, guys, especially if the sun is out. I noticed that there was a section on the day that I was running at negative 40 that was in the shade. And the temperature just dropped noticeably. And it wasn't even a, a big stretch. And I definitely noticed a difference there. So try and schedule your runs for the warmest day of the day. And lastly, progressively increase your training intensity as tolerated. And so obviously this is not a day where you go out and do high intensity workout and um, have to really suck in lots of air and, and sweat a ton and whatnot. Um, just, I would just highly recommend that you just take it easy on that day.
So following these five points, you may um, reduce your risk of irritating your airways. Now, I want to leave you with 10 tips for running in sub-zero temperatures. First off, obviously dress in layers, really in layers. Um, and especially because it's easier to adjust if you need to. Number two, start slowly. Really embrace the warm-up mile and maybe make your entire run, you know, a zone, zone one or two run. Tip three, distance over speed is recommended. And the way I interpret it is that really don't make this about high intensity um, workouts. And so running at a moderate tempo means that your pulse remains low and the inhalation of cold air is kept within limits. Number four, if you do do high intensity, keep the spurts short. Number five, don't aim for PRs. For each type of sport, the research says there's an optimal ambient temperature. And for running, it lies around 10 to 15 degrees Celsius, which happens to be between 50 and 59 degree Fahrenheit. So your performance capability is restricted in both hot and cold weather. In negative temperatures, your performance level drops around 10%. Tip six, breathe through the nose. As already mentioned, it ensures a better warming and humidifying of the respiratory air. Exclusive nasal breathing will also help keep your intensity down. Number seven, wear face covering to protect respiratory tract from drying out. A neck gaiter will create humidity, right? Number eight, drink a lot, even if you don't feel thirsty. The body loses a lot of fluid through respiration in cold conditions. And lukewarm drinks are actually absorbed the fastest. Tip number nine, avoid, avoid cooling down. So um, replace your wet, damp clothes immediately after your run before you cool down. And number 10, don't train if you have the flu. The flu and a fever means that the body's fighting something, right? All right, runner friend, I wanted to make sure that I shared my experience of running in negative 40 degrees. And I hope all this information, all this research was valuable for you and can help you on your road to running success and happiness. I'd love to hear from you if this information is making a difference for you and please pass it on to another runner friend along the way. Until next week. All right, runner friend, if you enjoy listening to this podcast and you're ready to feel happier, more confident and empowered on your runs, I invite you to sign up for a free consultation with me learn about how my coaching can help you achieve the type of runs you desire. You'll take the concepts and tools I share in the podcast and apply them to your own life. As your coach, I'll be there to support you along the way. There'll be a link in the show notes to sign up for a call with me. 
So if running is our practice ground and we can turn every experience into fuel, then we can transfer it to the rest of our life and positively impact our whole world. Just one run at a time.